the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Podcast. I am Nick DeGilio, your host, and uh, welcome to episode number 35 of the Nick D Podcast. We are part of the great Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Check us out at radiomisfits.com. Um, uh, rate and review us on every single platform. Like us, rate, share, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Thanks to uh, Jason Skaggs for that wonderful uh, intro and that wonderful music, as always. Uh, and if you want to be a part of our podcast, we want you to be a part of it. Please leave us voicemail messages, all kinds of stuff, emails, send us your suggestions and your questions and your thoughts and your feedback. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Anytime, voicemail us and send us an email anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Again, email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Voicemail us, uh, 773-417-6948. For the Nick D podcast. All right. Hey, coming up on the uh, podcast today, I am very excited to catch up with a person, uh, an old colleague of mine, old friend of mine, who I have not had on the podcast yet and uh, hadn't had on my radio show for a few years. So it's been a while, a long while since we've talked. And that is the wonderful uh, and beautiful Monica Eng is going to join us. Uh, Monica used to write for the Chicago Sun-Times. She wrote for the Chicago Tribune. And for years, she and I worked in the same building when I was with, when, when, the, when WGN was in uh, the Tribune building um, and she was working for the Trib. Uh, I would just call her upstairs and say, hey, you want to come down to the studio and talk about some stuff? And she would. And, uh, and she's wonderful. And she concentrated a lot on food, talks a lot about food. Uh, she's a great food writer, but she handles all kinds of other great topics and interesting things uh, and does exposés. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful reporter, a great journalist and a terrific writer. She and our old buddy from WGN again, Justin Kaufman, are part of the Axios uh, newsletter, Chicago version, uh, here in Chicago. And um, Axios.com is the website, and they do some incredible work. And she and Justin have had helped launch the Chicago version um, of, uh, of Axios, and uh, she covers a ton of stuff, including food and all kinds of other things. So we're going to catch up with Monica Eng. Uh, she's fantastic, and that's coming up. Uh, and the wonderful Esmeralda Leon uh, will join us. Uh, she has, if you, if you listen to the last uh, episode, she had been dealing with, she caught the covid she did. She got the COVID. No horrible symptoms. Didn't uh, di- you know? Didn't have the horrible fever or the respiratory problems or the or um, you know or the loss of taste or anything like that. She's vaccinated because she you know because she's not an idiot. She's vaccinated and um, and so you know she got it and she had to quarantine for a little bit. She and her boyfriend are, were stuck inside and uh, we'll get an update on what's happening there because the negative test might have happened and so she's free to go back out into the world. But we talked a little bit about that uh, the last time. And uh, she's coming up for our regular visit. And we're going to be talking about uh, celebrities uh, that you might not have known they dated. Like, really? They were together? 
So I, I looked at this article, and there were so many surprising uh, couples there that we'll talk about that. And we are also we have been taste testing really terrible flavored candy, and we've got some vegetable candy to taste test today, particularly carrot flavored candy. Mm-hmm. Stick around for that. And it's Tuesday, which means my dad tells a joke. My dad, Nick DeGilio, 80-year-old uh, dude, been telling jokes since birth, used to tell jokes every Monday morning on my radio show on WGN, and now he continues every Tuesday on my podcast to come in and tell a joke. So my dad will tell a joke. Esmeralda will join us to taste some carrot candy and talk about celebrities who dated. And coming up right after uh, congratulations, the wonderful Mon- and Monica Ng will join us. I do want to mention very quickly that this past week was really a lot of fun. Uh, Friday, this past Friday, I appeared on WLS of all stations, which used to be, you know, major competition from the station that I used to work at. But the Big 89, AM 89, uh, WLS, um, they're, uh, they've been having people fill in for the morning show. They cut their morning show host loose. The executive producer of that morning show, that morning slot, is my, my old producer, Tom Hush. And they've been bringing in people to sub for a while. And one of those people that they brought in to do a full week of uh, sub subbing on that morning show is my old WGN cohort who's been a guest on this podcast, uh, the great Steve Cochran, one of my favorite people ever, one of the best broadcasters ever, a great uh, show host, a great personality, hilarious guy, and, uh, and, and a guy who was uh, very big, uh, a big reason why I got the full-time gig finally doing overnights at WGN. He was a very big part of the reason why I got it. And I've always been a fan of his, and we always have a great time. I've worked with him a million times, appeared on his show regularly. And uh, he asked me to come in uh, while he was filling in for the morning drive show on WLS. And I went in Friday morning, um, and I got to say, it was magic. Uh, I walked into a radio studio, a big professional radio studio for the first time in in a couple of years, and um, did some morning drive radio sitting across from me was the great Steve Cochran. We're having a blast. It was just like the old days. It was like like that, like it all came back to us. And sitting to my right was the great Judy Pilak, um, who co-hosts that morning show on WLS and who did news and did so much stuff, the Goodbye Girl over at WGN. And she and I got inducted to the WGN Walk of Fame on the same day, so for, we're forever connected in our radio lives. So I'm in the studio hanging out with Steve Cochran, with Judy Pilak, and on the other side of the glass is Tom Hush, uh, who was my producer for the last um, year and a half or so that I worked at GN. And it was a real special morning. And I want to thank everybody for listening, because I know that we had a lot of people listen. We had some callers come in. Texters were flying in and, 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 and talking. And I got a lot of feedback on social media. It was just a blast. I mean, the, 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 the audio is out there. If you missed it, I was on, from, I was on for about a half an hour on uh, Friday morning. And it was great to be on in, a, in, a, in an actual radio studio doing professional radio live during morning drive on WLS, which is, of course, a legendary radio station, with my old friend Steve Cochran, one, one of the best ever in the business ever, Judy Pilak, and, and just, uh, just being there, was, it was great. It was really a lot of fun. So that was a real special morning. It was, just a, it was a great way to kick off this past weekend. And then the, the Chicago Film Critics Festival began uh, this weekend. It's, it was a fun weekend, and, and that's still happening uh, as we record. So uh, a great weekend kicking off Friday morning uh, by doing some morning drive with the great Steve Cochran filling in on WLS, the Big 89. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was really, really a lot of fun. And thanks for all the support. And again, the audio is out there. I've posted it on my, uh, 
you know, social media and all that cool stuff. But anyway, my thanks to, to Tom Hush. My thanks to Stephanie um, uh, over there, program director at WLS of the Big 89, and everybody over there, and especially to Steve Cochran, my old buddy, uh, for having me on uh, just to hang out and chat and talk and have a good time. And I plugged the hell out of this podcast, so hopefully – uh, more people will uh, will subscribe. So anyway, uh, a great weekend started off with uh, with a great Friday morning. All right. Hey, speaking of great, my lovely friend and uh, incredible journalist from Axios.com, Monica Ang is coming up. But uh, oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I know. Uh, she called in on Friday, I think. Hi, I'm Carrie yeah, Russell, I and I love Nick's show. And that's exactly what she said to Tom uh, when she when he screened the call. All right. Uh, Monica Eng, but first, congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah, don't be a jaggle. All right, I'm very uh, happy to, well, welcome to the podcast for the first time, but back uh, to, you know, being interviewed by me. It's been a long, long, long time. It has. Uh, Monica Ang is here. Uh, Monica, who is now with uh, Axios in the newsletter, axios.com, A-X-I-O-S.com. But you and I used to work in the same building, Monica. That's right. The old Tribune Tower. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you with the Trib? Uh, 16 years. Wow, sixteen years. Yeah, that was, that was a fun time. You used to just come downstairs and we talk about a lot of goofy stuff that you would eat. Yeah, food, food policy, school lunches, nachos, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about um, you know that you you actually work with my buddy Justin Justin uh, Kaufman. Yeah, um, and he he says hi. I just spoke to him. And he says, "Hey, tell Nick hi. We go way well, back. We do go way back. Tell Justin I said hi as well. Uh, we were both unceremoniously let go from a previous radio station that I would not like. Yeah, Gur is correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about this thing that you guys are doing now at the newsletter and the website. Tell us all about it. So um, Axios started a, a bunch of guys who had founded Politico. Uh, left that and then started Axios in DC. It was, you know, a lot of politics, uh, some tech and some business. And then they decided, you know what, why don't we um, create these newsletters, which, you know, Politico had, and then they had, uh, but do them in um, communities across the nation. So they started out with a handful, um, then they went to, I want to say like 16, and that included Chicago starting in September. And so they put a couple of reporters, sometimes three, in uh, cities across the nation. And we just choose the the five most interesting stories that we've reported or sometimes will um, we'll work and we'll aggregate information from other reporters. And we put out a, a nice email for you every day and saying, here are the uh, five most interesting stories, plus a few links to other ones that you should be paying attention to today. And I never thought I would do a newsletter, but I kind of love it. Yeah. Well, what's the difference between the, you know, working like you did on the assignments that you had at the Trib and then working uh, on this newsletter? It's a whole different world now, you know, um, uh, with, you know, Internet and all, all, all of the instant access that people have to things. Uh, what is it like doing this, uh, and how has that changed since you started at the Trib? 
Um, well, it's, you know, the stories are much shorter. Uh, we don't have many stories that are over 300 words. Most of them are about 200 words. And it's just fast. You know, when I was at the Trib, I was on you know the features team and then I was on the investigative team. And I would work on stories for, you know, at least three or four days, you know, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, sometimes six months. And no, you work on <laughs> your stories for a few hours and you get them out. I mean, I do have some sort of longer enterprise stories that, you know, I'll be foying and working on for a few weeks as I work on other stuff. But it's, it's just a lot faster and a lot more immediate. And it, it incorporates, you know, the the news coverage, the environmental coverage, the, uh, the health coverage, the food coverage, and the cultural coverage that I did, um, both at the Tribune and WBZ. And we just do it all. You know, we review some nachos, but also an investigation of lead pipes in Chicago in the same newsletter by the same person. How are the how are the how are the stories chosen? Do you pitch? Uh, how, how does this work? Uh, Justin and I have a, a call at nine thirty every day, and we say, "What do you want to do?" I don't know. What do you want to do? Okay, and boom, boom, boom. These are the five stories. We consult with no one on our stories. They just trust us. For once in my life, someone trusts me. Wow, it's weird. <laughs> that sounds like a dream job, Monica. That sounds it kind amazing. Of is. Yeah, and you know Justin's a guest, so it's basically we just joke around, have a good time, decide on the stories, and boom, let's let's make them. Okay, we're ready for our edit. Wow. And yeah, so I'm I, I'm I won't say I'm like a maverick and a pain in the ass, but I kind of am, and I've never liked someone micromanaging me. So for once, it's like, well, we trust you, get it done. It better be good, and as long as it's good, they leave us alone. That is a that's mag- You got any openings? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we will let you know. You'll be the first person to know. Please do. Man, that just sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. we'll call it 930, whatever you want to do. That's fantastic. Boy, that is just the freedom there. Boy, that just must be, you know, that's got to be, that's got to be incredible for you and Justin. It's exhilarating. It really God, it's is. It's got to be. That sounds great. And you do, and the, and the thing, the, the thing that's, that's great about it is that you guys don't do shitty work. You do like really good stuff. So, right. you know what I mean? So you and Justin are trustworthy. You got great ideas. You, you do great work. You're thorough. And, uh, and the stuff that you, that you cover is done intelligently and, and, you know, and really great. Boy, that's fantastic. That's kind of their motto. As long as we deliver, as long as it's a great newsletter, they say, we'll continue trusting you. And, yeah. you know, and then you feel like you, the real responsibility to make it great. So it's, yeah, it's no, smart on both sides. I was going to say, I bet, I bet it's just like any pressure on that. It's like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. And then like, oh, shit, this better be, uh, we better not. Make sure it's awesome. That's all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, the website in general, now you said that they, how many different cities uh, do they do newsletters in at uh, Axios? Okay, I should know this, but I think we're up to 25 and we're launching, you know, more this week. So it's like Seattle, Boston, Dallas, uh, Houston, Austin. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's my son coughing. Uh, San okay. Francisco, Chicago, Detroit. Um, everything up until, you know, we're the, we're the biggest one. Chicago's the biggest. Uh, they haven't done LA and New York yet, but it's in a lot of cities and you know there's there's a rumor when we hear the meetings that you know we may have more bureaus in the united states than ap like it may be the farthest reaching news organization man that is huge that is huge and and this began uh politico it's an offshoot of politico but when the guys who founded politico quit politico sold it and then Uh, said you know what let's make something else called axios and and how long has it been around about six years. 
man, that is a success story. That is amazing. That's yeah. really amazing. And our boss is kind of making other people mad when he goes uh, to these conferences and says, we are going to help save local journalism. And so uh, a certain editor-in-chief, who I shall not name, um, uh, the local paper was like, your boss is, you know, a jerk. Yeah. Why is he saying that? You're never going to be as big as a certain very large yeah. uh, Chicago paper. And yeah. we're not we're not here to compete with very large Chicago papers. We're here to add to the coverage and, and point to the great work they're doing and amplify yeah. it. Well, I mean, that's fantastic. Listen, as a journalist who's been, you know, working uh, uh, for, for years, do you have an opinion? Do you want to throw an opinion out there about what's been happening with the reader? Uh, and the and the story and the story that is just so insane and so compelling uh, for such a you know a godsend for this city, uh, the Chicago Reader. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I, I covered it, and so I will say uh, I will say it with with without giving too much of an opinion. But um, you know, Len Goodman and uh, the other person, Elsie Higginbottom, I believe. Um, they came in and they they saved the reader. Well, they bought it for a dollar, but took on all of its debts and payrolls. Yeah. But then you know you always have to beware of billionaires, you know, bearing gifts. Um, it seemed like uh, Len uh, Len Goodman wanted to also have a voice and a platform uh, with that ownership of the reader. So he got a column, and then when that column was fact checked in a way that he wasn't crazy about. You know, he went from being savior to being, you know, a guy who uh, who seemed like he was going to do things that would end up like destroying the reader. And, um, you know, and, and I, I hadn't been familiar with him, but apparently he has donated to a lot of good causes and, and uh, you know, raised money for a lot of progressive candidates. And for this to have been his legacy, I think someone finally told him, look, dude, you cannot be the guy who killed the reader. It's time to back off. But um but yeah, it looked like he was going to postpone the reader's ability to go nonprofit, which is a lifeline for it right now and a source of a lot more funding that they need. But he yeah. finally backed off, and I was glad to see that happen. Yeah, I think a lot of us were. Um, you know, having you know been a part of you know like reading the reader for so many years, and I knew I know so many people who have written and worked for the reader. I mean, it goes way back. One of my one of my uh, first producers at WGN, Andy Herman. Uh, worked with the reader for so many years, wow. and uh, and uh, and a lot of the like Steve Krakow, my good friend Steve Krakow, who was a regular on my GN show doing the Secret History of Chicago Music, uh, was a contributor at the reader, and um, so I mean I know a lot of people have worked for for the reader, and and, and, and that story I was following it with with uh, with concern um, over over the past few months. Yeah, I was glad. I mean, I'm glad that they're going to be able to access um, the the nonprofit uh, grants that will help keep them afloat. You know, it, but it's still it's still a question whether or not uh, that will be enough. It's yeah. it's a tough market out there. It certainly is. It's a, it's a it's a different world than when it was. You know, when you first started. For sure. Oh my God, I can I can imagine how how different it was uh, for you for you. Money then. was coming out of our ears when I started in 1985 at the Chicago Sun Times. I mean, mm -hmm. we had a fashion editor who, of course, we would send to all the to the Milan shows and the London shows and the Paris shows because that's just what the Chicago Sun Times did. Yeah. You know. But the money is just not there anymore. I don't even yeah. think there is a fashion editor at the Sun Times anymore. You know, it's funny. I I I, I didn't get downtown for uh, for for a while. I've been going. I've been. I was kind of hibernated. Well, not just because of COVID, but because you know I went through a very dark period after yeah, I got fired. I, after I got fired yeah. from GN. But I'm now out and about, and I I'm venturing downtown, and I had not like walked around or been 
in the general vicinity near or even inside the Tribune building uh, since uh, we moved out of there, you know, oh, and, and, wow. G- and GN moved across the river to, to Wacker, where they are now. Uh, and so I walked past there the other night after a, a, a movie screening, and I walked past, you know, through Pioneer Court just to walk past there. And I looked over, and I was like, wow, you know, Foxtrot, there's a lovely little Foxtrot there where you can get some Danish and a coffee and a juice. Right. And that was once Roy Leonard's office. So oh I just, my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I walked past her and I'm like, oh my God, look, there's, there's what used to be. And I took a picture of it and I posted it on my internet and I said, you know what? I just wanted to show you that this used to be Roy Leonard's office back, back in the day. It's now, yeah. you can get yourself a very overpriced pastry and a juice right now. So uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's the Tribune building. Have you been inside the Tribune building since? You I have not. You know, I would say you know, pricing out some penthouses there because that's what you can get on a journalist's salary. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, things have changed, but you guys are moving along and making the changes as well. That's fantastic. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that you've been covering in the newsletter, shall we? Yeah. Um, I do want to mention, cause, and again, this you cover you cover so much stuff, and and I think it's you know it's more than even more than what you did with the trib, and that was varying as well. But let's yeah. let's go. Let's talk about the uh, you know speaking of walking around downtown, being downtown as I. I just did uh you talked about you did a story about what's going on seriously with the crime in the downtown yeah. area i mean it just seems like you know there's a, especially in the it, it seems like in uh the river north area uh especially uh, but everywhere downtown sometimes in the loop and there have been all of these stories about crime and now obviously look um I, i'm sorry uh, wild chicago was it wild chicago host uh, who got oh, beat yeah, up yeah on, will clenner will, yeah will will, will, yeah. will will got beaten up on the on the red line and so yeah. You did a story about crime in Chicago, and it's particularly downtown. Tell me about that. Well, um, we have been hearing on the news, you know, uh, you know, wild, uh, wild groups are running around and breaking windows and, and causing mayhem downtown. And so I wanted to see, it, was it just, you know, heightened media coverage, or are we really seeing more violent crime and theft downtown? So um, our terrific uh, data team crunched the numbers. Um, we looked at assault, homicide, um, uh, battery, uh, vehicle theft, and theft. And it looked like numbers are slightly up from 20 and 21 but actually down from 2017, 18, and 19 when it comes to just downtown violent and theft crime, Um, which surprised me because I think, um, you know, 20 and 21 were actually very violent years in terms of homicides, but that was across the city. So this was just sort of a way to like zoom in on these particular areas. Um, And what that told me is, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, it's it's neither like much worse than you know when I was a kid or much better than than recent years, um, but it's certainly concerning. You know, even one crime is concerning, and you know shootings and deaths. It's it, and it's really bad for tourism and really bad for our recovery. Oh yeah, I mean my you know it's interesting because uh, uh, my 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 parents have not gone downtown. They're elderly. My 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 dad's going to be eighty one, and my mother is mm-hmm. seventy eight, and they haven't gone downtown or done anything like that before. But back in you know years and years and years ago, they would take the L downtown, and we would do all kinds of things downtown. And now you know. Uh, they will say to me, don't go downtown. <laughs> like, I know, well, right? Because you watch uh, the news and it's like, ah, murder yeah, mayhem. Exactly. But now I, some of this, though, you know, it, it, it's interesting that those numbers were higher 17, 18, and 19, as you said, yeah. uh, because there was so much concentration and so much press. How much of that do you think had to do with the fact that so many people weren't on the street 
because of COVID and, yeah. and how that was amplified because of the world situation at that time. That's a really good point, because, I mean, even though things have rebounded a bit downtown, um, 20 and 21, you know, the place was a ghost town a lot yeah, of yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. And then, but yeah, and then across the city, so maybe more of the crime spread out, because those were actually violent years for the city, 20 and 21. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I should have, like, called you as an analyst and said, so, Nick, why do you think those numbers downtown were particularly low the last two years? Well, because nobody was there. Exactly. That would, have been, that would have been my first response. That yeah, would have been my first response. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Um, I was one of the few people during the pandemic and the lockdown that was actually trying to get downtown. I was doing my show from the studio. Wow. Uh, I was kind of the only one. Everybody else was doing their shows from home at GN, yeah. and I was still coming in. My producer and I, Tom, we were coming in, and there were nights when I couldn't get down there. The bridges were up. This was after right. all the unrest and everything, and it was almost impossible to get down to the loop. Now, if we were in the Tribune building, I could have got down there a little bit easier <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we right. were still in the Tribune building. But just that damn river was in the way, and um, yeah. there, were, there were times when, you know, as you mentioned, it busted out windows and you know, and, and protests and violence and, and, the, and the bridges were up and there were cops everywhere. It was a nightmare to try to, to, to navigate your way into the loop, uh, right. uh, you know, at that time. And I think that that also maybe had affected the numbers in some way. Right. I forgot about the bridges that yeah. we were given um, a letter that we could show the cops yeah. and say, you know, we're, we're part of the press, but, you know, you never know if that was going to work. Yeah, no, I know. And, you know, I mean, there was at one point I had to get like a permission from GN in order to do that. And uh, yeah. by that point, it was just a nightmare. Getting It was just a nightmare in general. Yeah. But anyway, well, at least the numbers are a little bit uh, a little bit better. So uh, yeah. it, it's still a little scary out there. Well, let's get into some of the other things that you cover that might not be. Now, I have to tell you this, Monica, I follow you on the internets and I, you know, uh -huh. and I and I read the uh, I read the newsletter from, you know, and I have to say that the stuff that you posted from Orange Garden. Um, oh. I just, I have to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, Orange Garden is this incredible, legendary Chinese restaurant on Irving Park, uh, just um, east of Lincoln, Lincoln Damon, yeah. the Lincoln yeah. Damon Six Corners area there. Uh, I grew up at Addison and Lincoln. Um, oh. I, my, the house that I grew up in is a greenhouse. Uh, the second floor is the apartment that I grew up in. And I literally am, that house that is absolutely right next to the Addison Brown Line stop. Wow, that's, you probably heard a lot of rumbling. I night. did not only that, but I had a lot of people looking into my bedroom, standing oh, from Oh, you the, were one of those. Yeah, wow. standing. Yeah, I was like, literally, there could be people on the platform going, oh, hey, what is that? That kid's asleep. <laughs> that kid's asleep in there. What are they enjoying in the dining room? It was, yeah. they, it was literally, that's how close it was. Um, so that's how close I was to Lincoln Avenue. And uh, the, the Chinese restaurant of, of our choice, uh, for not delivery, because they don't deliver, they didn't, uh, they, they didn't mm -hmm. deliver, uh, would be Orange Garden. It, we would oh. go and either pick it up and bring it home, or we would eat there. And I grew up on Orange Garden. I love that place. It's legendary. Uh, I, I did not get, uh, you know, every once in a while I've gone back to it. Um, but you went to Orange Garden, and I, I'm not kidding you, Monica. Like, when I saw the pictures and I saw the stuff that you were posting, um, I, 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 I ordered takeout, Chinese takeout, and I, and I ordered mushroom uh, uh, Egg Foo Young. Egg, egg Foo Young. Yeah. Uh, because of the picture and because I was like, man, I have not had Egg Foo Young in such a long time. And it was, it was fantastic and I love Egg Foo Young. Um, but tell, tell us about that visit to Orange Garden, what's happening sure. in Orange Garden, and then go into the sign in Billy Corgan. 
<laughs> right. So, um, so when I heard that uh, that they were auctioning off the sign because the owners, the current owners, were thinking about selling it, um, I immediately went over there and uh, I was driving with my son. I said, "You know, I gotta get out of the car and take a picture." And I put that up, and holy cow, the reaction on Facebook to that bet, sign! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, people flooded out with a lot of memories. And then I went back a week later with Louisa Chu, my podcast co-host who's also the food critic or a food critic at the Chicago Tribune. Um, she said, uh, let's go there for lunch, you know, and um, she speaks Cantonese. And she was talking with the, the, the uh, staff and, yeah. and, and we ordered, you know, I, I come from a, a Chinese restaurant family that, um, that, you know, Hey, we, the, our family fortune, which is all gone, um, was built on <laughs> chop suey, chow mein, egg rolls and egg foo young, but I'm not like a huge fan of that yeah. but for nostalgia's sake. She got what used to be called a poo poo platter, which yep. is, um, a whole bunch of fried stuff, you know, yeah. uh, uh, butterfly shrimp and egg rolls and crab rangoon. And then I got the egg foo young. And it was actually the egg foo young was really delicious. And actually, both of them were, were really good. Um, and um, so she was there doing research for a big story she's going to do about sort of the past and future of Orange Garden. Um, I used to do a lot of speaking at Lakeview High School for um, different clubs there. They would ask me to speak. And my editor's like, really, you're going to go to Lakeview again? Um, but a really a wonderful woman named Donna Chen, who was the French teacher there, her dad owned Orange Garden. Oh, no kidding. And, yeah. And she grew up there um in 30s 40s 50s and um she showed me his old recipes and um and so uh, louisa talked to her and her sisters about the early years at orange garden and louisa talked to the current owners to see you know what they're going to do with it and yes um billy corgan's uh partner is the one who bought it for him because he like you had a lot of uh, nostalgic feelings about it and then uh, a facebook friend of mine she happened to be at madame zuzu's billy corgan's um tea shop and she said look what just arrived and she sent me a picture I was like, can great? i post this on the yeah. internet that this yeah. just arrived in highland park so um so you know someone should buy it someone should buy it and continue the the business or it might just go away i don't want it to go i can't i can't have it go away uh you know i mean look i just lost dinkles buy it nick i can't yeah okay sure <laughs> sure no and, I, and I, you know like literally you know uh, last week or week and a half ago i lost dinkles bakery which was yeah. the bakery I, I mean i grew up going to that place and oh boy. and gone and i like literally the old neighborhood that i grew up in almost everything is gone from there yeah. um and you know the old but when i grew up there it wasn't called wrigleyville it was just you know it was a neighborhood and it was lakeview and it was a terrible neighborhood if people yeah. remember, you know, like I grew up there in the 70s, and in the 70s, um, it was a crappy neighborhood with a crappy baseball team <laughs> uh, and, a lot of, and a lot of crime and a lot of gangbang. And that was what was happening in that, you know, in that neighborhood when I was a kid, which certainly was not the Wrigleyville that it is now. The Ricketsville, Wrigleyville, yeah. with all the like, um, mega fancy places. Every yeah. time I go down there, I'm like, oh, my God. I just don't recognize anything. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. shocking. I know I sound like an old man, but... Uh, but no, Orange Garden, you know, you mentioned that sign. That sign is just so legendary. And, the, and just the facade itself, not just the sign. Yeah, but, Art but, Deco. Oh, Deco, yeah. It's just great. And then you would walk in there. And I remember when I was younger, when I would walk in there, there was always an older woman who was hand-rolling egg rolls. She would be sitting in a booth, in one of the booths in the, in the back room. Wow, it's so and old she school. Be, That's probably Donna's mother. 
probably was. Yeah. And I just remember she was there all the time doing yeah. something, whether she was making egg rolls or doing something. She was always doing prep in yeah. that dining room, in the corner, in the back booth. And I always remembered seeing her. Uh, and then I, you know, it, it would be years that I'd go in there and I walked in there and then I saw the pictures that you, that you posted and it, it looked exactly the same. Yeah. That was one of the, that was one of the comforting things about going to Orange Garden was you knew exactly what you were going to get. And it was wonderful. The food was great in that way that, the, that, that kind of food is Chinese American food. Yeah. Exactly. And like the decor and everything about it, the yeah. feel that you got went in there. I love that place. I just love it. Yeah, it really, I mean, Louisa, she, when she's like, oh my gosh, they have all the touches of the classic Chinese restaurant. They used to actually have jukeboxes at every table, and now they put sort of vents there where the jukeboxes used to be. Oh, is that what used to be but, there? I don't yeah, remember the yeah. jukeboxes. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so the sign is in Highland Park. Is that is it out for people? to? Can people go up to the... I believe it's, it's installed in the uh, dining room or the tea room at Madame Zuzu's. Okay. I haven't seen the installation yet. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, hoping that someone uh, picks up Orange Garden, keeps it going, and keeps the tradition of what they're doing and serving there. I love yeah. that kind of, I, you know, I know it's not the kind of food that, I mean, you know, you grew up, the restaurants that you grew up in, you, they were in, you had, your family had restaurants in the Loop, right? Right on, yeah. right, like on Randolph, right? Yeah, uh, Randolph, uh, right where Daily Plaza is. They had yeah. to tear down the building to build Daily Plaza. So our biggest one was Hosei Guy, and that had four dining rooms. Um, it was also Art Nouveau. Uh, that one was built in the 30s. And then we had the House of Ang South in um, in Hyde Park at the top of the Del Prado Hotel. We had the House of Ang North right next to the Playboy Club. Yeah, we had yeah. Village. We had yeah. a whole bunch of smaller ones. So wow, yeah. uh, was that fun? I mean, were you, I mean, did you, did you get to just roam around in the kitchens and do any you know and all that kind of stuff? Well, when um, so the the only one that was really still extant when when I was uh, alive was a. Uh, uh, House of Ang South. And yeah, so, you know, we would go there after church on Sundays and I could walk right in the kitchen and the the chefs would, would make me a bowl of French fries. <laughs> and and, and um, my brothers and sisters and I would eat them. And we'd go play back in the key club and play pool back there and, you know, pretend wow. we were bartenders in the little bar. But yeah. that was great. Um, and... And, um, yeah, it was, you know, sort of growing up in, in Chinese restaurants. We didn't yeah. have to work except for on Chinese New Year's, like we would do the, uh, the coat check. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was that like? Was that fun? Or It was fun because we get tips. Like, I got tips just for, yeah. like, checking someone's coat. And, you know, you'd always be running around and seeing all your relatives. And, uh, that um, sounds like a fun. Yeah. That's great. Hey, listen, as a tie-in, you talked about your favorite egg rolls in Chicago. Yes. Uh, uh, see, I'm segueing. This is why I was on the radio for a yes, long time. Yes, yes, there can, you go. I can, I can do a segue. Uh, what were some of your, let's talk a little bit about your favorite egg rolls in Chicago uh, and what were the criteria and so on and so forth. Well, my favorites were in my family's restaurants, but uh, those, those have all closed <laughs> since. And right, actually, right. one of our um, one of our aunts kept the recipe, and I, I wrote about it in the Chicago Tribune a few years ago, so anybody can look up that recipe. Um, but after that, Cow Cow, which I believe closed, are they still around? Um, I think they did close. Uh, they had great ones, and now the closest I can find um, is uh, is at Orange Garden, even though they don't put pork in there. Um, it's just sort of cabbage, peanut, cabbage, peanut butter, and shrimp. And mm. for me, it's always got to have uh, that peanut butter flavor because that's that's the Chicago style egg roll and a nice crackly, bubbly skin, nice and deep fried on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Now, were there other uh, were there other choices that people had uh, for for their favorite egg rolls? 
Well, we're, we're putting that out to the readers. Um, we were actually going to publish it yesterday. We're going to do it next week, and then they will come back with their favorites, and we will... Um, We'll just see, you know, what Axios readers think is the is the best uh, egg rolls in Chicago. What okay. who, what are your favorites? I imagine uh, Orange Garden. Or Orange no? Garden is our, Orange Garden is is way up there. I have a a really terrific uh, Chinese takeout place on Irving here, west of where I live. I live at Irving oh. and Pulaski. Okay, and it's the name of it is it's it's a you know it's one of those generic Chinese kitchen right, number right. one you know number three <laughs> I really don't even know what number it is I just know that it's in it's in a uh, 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 a strip, strip mall, mall? Yeah. yeah and in that strip mall is like a convenience store a laundromat. And a subway, so I like you can. Oh, okay. It's it's basically like every strip mall in this right, city, right? But it's this storefront Chinese, you know, kitchen number nine or whatever, and they have terrific egg rolls over here on West uh, West Irving. Um, well, I have yeah. to check that out. Yeah, um, yeah, I also like Lee's Chop Suey that's over by I think uh, Diversity and um, Clybourne. They used oh, to have yeah. a great old sign, but they got yeah, rid of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, people can go now. If if people want to participate, uh, they can go to uh, Axios. Uh, uh, yeah, com. well, they or they they can email us at Chicago at Axios dot com and send in your favorite egg roll. And on Thursday, we will be revealing uh, Justin's and mine, and then you can just respond to that email. Um, so, if you are subscribed at Axios Chicago slash local, and you just subscribe to the Chicago one right there, then you'll get our email in your mailbox every single morning, well, every weekday morning, and then you just press reply. It's like, I really like the egg rolls at blah, blah, blah. Oh, that sounds great. Easy enough. Great yeah. way to do it. Um, hey, l- l- let's talk a little bit about um, you, <laughs> something here that you, snazzy looking dogs. Can we, yes. <laughs> can you explain to me snazzy looking dogs, Monica? Okay. So Justin sometimes it's, uh, has these ideas and he's like, Monica, I had this idea that we just name something called hot dogs and we tell people to send in pictures of their dogs that look really hot you do by the way you do a magnificent justin imitation <laughs> can i just say that and, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and you know he comes from the sketch uh sometimes improv world and you don't say no yeah. you say yes and, yes and um, yes and, and yes and when are we gonna launch this justin <laughs> and i was like and because we have to do five stories every single day you know what some of them are gonna flop some of them are gonna work and i'm like let's try it let's see how it goes and holy moly People were like, oh, my gosh, let me send you my dog. The inspector general, former inspector general's dog in there. Um, I can't remember what other officials sent in their dogs. Yeah. Um, everybody everybody people, uh, wants to send in a picture of their dog. People love to show off their, their snazzy dogs. Yes. And this, and, is, just, this is just from the mind of uh, Justin yeah. saying, hey, hot dog. I got an idea. Yeah. I'm not saying he had a few drinks before he thought of it, but <laughs> he was like, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> uh, now, listen, I, I have friends who have, who have done this. I have a friend who, uh, over the past few years, has uh, had to make that trip uh, to, to drop off the kid at college. Um, oh. And, uh, in fact, he, my, one, my, one of my buddies, uh, his, his son just graduated from Champaign. Uh, oh, wow. And um, and so you did that. You you made your, you took your daughter down to uh, Champagne, or sure you picked did. her up. You, you, and and, and what, picked her up recently. And picked her up. Yeah. What was that? What, 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 tell me tell me a little bit about that. You wrote about that. Yeah. Well, um, it's uh, it's super nostalgic because I went there too. Um, but it's it's amazing to see how different the campus is now. Um, how how much better the food is. 
and the proliferation of authentic Asian food down there. Really? You can find uh, Shanghainese and Nanjing specialties that you can't find anywhere in Chicago. There's this one dumpling. If you ever make it to Shanghai, get it there, but you can also get it in Champagne where it's a soup dumpling, but it's a soup dumpling you can hold in your hand. And one um, diplomat once told me, he said, oh, if you ever get Shenzhen Bao, they're, they're the most wonderful thing. You can be walking down the street with this dumpling in your hand, crunch into it, and you will spray the person across the street with hot soup. <laughs> and I said, that can't be. And uh, they have them in Champaign-Urbana. No kidding. Not in Chicago. You can't find them anywhere in Chicago. And I couldn't find any good ones in New York. Um, but also my daughter, it was very nostalgic to say goodbye to her. And it was great to, to say, okay, let's try to clean up your dorm room, which is not clean. And yeah. you need 10 people to get all this junk in a box. And you um, know, I used to back. go, I, I, I've not gone down to Shane. I, I didn't go there to school, but I would visit like every other weekend. Cause I had a bunch of friends down there and we would go yeah. down there and we'd get drunk and hang out and all that stuff. And with Green Street, it was that the yep, yep. that was the big thing. Now there was a but you can help me out, and I'm, I'm assuming this probably is the bar is closed at this point because we used to go down there. The only place you could get Steak and Shake was there. That was one of the right back right. in the Roger 80s. Roger Ebert used to take me to Steak and Shake when he'd come and visit me. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I know that you share a lot of great memories about Roger, yeah. who, who was a wonderful dude. But anyway, yeah, we used to go down there and go. And Steak and Shake was like one of the number one places. If we were down there for the weekend, each Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before we left, we would go to Steak and Shake. It was just yep. a thing you did. But there was a bar that we would go to, uh, and it, it was not a great bar, but it was like a, uh, you would walk down a few stairs, and every night at midnight, they would sing American Pie. Whoa, that one, I don't know. You know, I wasn't much of a bar girl there just because um, I, uh, I didn't have an ID, a fake ID like everyone else had. Oh, I see. Okay. But, so there was, well, there was Deluxe, which I believe you had to step down. They had great fish sandwiches on Friday. There was uh-huh. Murphy's that would let underagers in. There was Mabel's, the famous music club upstairs where like, no, the, you know, yeah. Nirvana. And yep, Pixies, I saw, t- yeah. I know I saw, t- I saw Dinosaur Jr. there. I saw a ton there of bands uh, yes. uh, there. No, I know that, but this was like, maybe it was... A, Oh, God, maybe it was Murphy's. And it was, I just remember like they had like cheap beers and it was a lot of wet beer soaked wood. It was very dark yeah. and wooden. That maybe it was Murphy's. That, yeah. But they used to do at midnight, they would sing uh, American Pie. American Pie. Like everybody would be hammered and they would all be singing American Pie and I would leave. I'd be like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. But that was like a tradition. That was like a big tradition on Green Street. People would come from other bars to this one wow. just so they could get loaded and sing American Pie at midnight. Wow, you can do that at home. <laughs> well, yes, and I would yeah. prefer that you do yes. it at home. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Well, listen, what are what are, what what are we uh, what are we looking forward to now? You're working on. You guys are working on a bunch of stuff, um, and all of the stories that we've talked about and the things that we've mentioned, everybody can check out. Subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah, or what, you can see them online at uh, axios.com/chicago. Axios.com/chicago. You can subscribe to the newsletter as well. What are we working on? What what's going to be? Uh, what's what are some of the things that you guys are throwing around in the next meeting? Well, um, next week we've got an update on COVID numbers because they are going sky high. We're over a thousand a day, and those are just the COVID cases that are being counted. As you know, no home tests are counted. By the way, uh, I just want you to know that my partner uh, Esmeralda, who I will be talking to after this segment, uh, last week had COVID. She, yeah, uh, it seems like everybody I know has yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad news. So we're looking at sort of the COVID numbers, you know, what, what you should expect, how you can get um, antivirals if you need them. 
Um, we're also going to be looking at the CTU elections. That's coming up and that's going to be contentious. Uh, it seems like Lightfoot or her people are backing one group of CTU leaders and they're not the ones that were fighting with her um, in the last uh, strike. Um, we're going to be looking at, well, we'll have hot dogs next week. Oh, the More. 1992 music scene. So if, I don't know if you've seen the Apple TV show Shining Girls, but it takes place in 1992 Chicago and her right. mom is a punk rocker. So we're talking to people who who were on the Chicago indie music scene in 1992 oh, wow. to see um, how realistic that, that depiction is and what their favorite shows um, in 1992 Chicago were. Wow, that'll be interesting. 1992, I was 20... Six, twenty-seven. I was twenty-seven. Yeah, sure, so you I were was, in the clubs too. I was right in that uh, that era. And and you mentioned uh, the uh, Shining Girls, which I've not yet seen, but I love Elizabeth Moss more than life itself. Yeah, um, I just think she's the best. But have you seen Yellow Jackets? I have not. That looks scary. It is scary. It is creepy and scary and crazy. But it also has a massive concentration because a, a good chunk of it takes place like in nineteen ninety-five. and features a soundtrack. Look it up online, Monica. Uh, Just look up Yellow Jacket soundtrack because the music and the songs that are used in the episodes, the 10 episodes of Yellow Jackets, are unbelievable, especially if you were into that kind of scene in the 90s. And uh, like it's amazing, and it kind of might fit in with what you guys are working on. You might find All some right. songs and some music. So look up the soundtrack to Yellow Jackets, and it might uh, it might be able to sneak into some of those pieces you guys write about that topic. All right, we'll do. Well, thanks, Nick. So, it's my pleasure, Monica. Always, uh, always a joy. And we'll get you back semi regularly. How's that sound? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Give All give right. give Justin my best too. Okay. We'll do. Thanks. Okay, the best. Take okay, care. bye, Monica. Bye-bye. Uh, Monica Ang, uh, she's lovely. She's great. I've known her back years and years ago when uh, you know uh, I was working at GN and she was working upstairs in the Trib, and I would just call her up and say, "Hey, you want to come down and just uh, shoot the shit?" and uh, and she would, and she would come down and talk, and we would have a great time. And as you can tell, she's smart. Uh, she's terrific and, uh, and writes about so many different things. And she concentrated a lot, and she still does, on food, obviously. You know, a lot of the conversation we, we, that we just had was food-related. And she's terrific. And so is Justin, uh, you know, Justin Kaufman, who worked at GN. He was, he actually, I, I followed him. Uh, you know, he was my lead-in on my late-night show for, for a few years, and we were buddies over there. So it's great that they're working together, and it's axios.com slash Chicago. Subscribe to the newsletter, and all of the topics and the subjects that we talked about uh, are there for you to consume. Fantastic stuff. The lovely Monica Eng. We'll get her back uh, regularly here on the podcast. Hey, speaking of regulars on the podcast and one of the greatest people in the world, let's say hello to the one, the only, Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Esma. Love me some Esma. Esma, every time you hear that theme, you know something awesome is about to happen. That means we get to talk with the Esma, Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leah. Hi, Esmeralda. How are you? Hello. I I am doing good. You're doing okay? I I understand that you're you're still kind of in the COVID world and you're hopefully going to get out of it maybe later tomorrow or today or something like that? Yeah. 
Um, so I've tested still positive, but like a faint line positive. That's not like accurate scientific or anything. <laughs> I just, cause the first time I did it was a very strong line. And this is the rapid test positive. that you do at home. Yes. That you do at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I am at the, I'm essentially at the point where CDC says I can go outside. I just have to wear a mask, but it's okay. been about 10 days. So yeah. I'm, I'm allowed. And you're feeling and okay. If I am still... still contagious, I'm not that contagious. And you're, I think it's yeah. funny. They're like, it's okay. You can go. It's yeah. like, uh, all right. <laughs> well, you wear a mask. That cuts a bunch of it down. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, but you're feeling okay then? Yeah. I just have a stuffy nose, cough. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like when you have a cold and, like, the last yeah. lingering bits are still right. there. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're going to be free of it soon and, uh, and, and uh, Willie McCovid free. As I've been, oh, uh, thank I've been you. Okay. And your taste buds are working because we do have another yeah. piece of shit candy to test. Yeah, I luckily still have my smell, uh, you know, stuffy nose, but it's, yeah. I can still smell and taste. Okay, cool. Because we're going to do another taste test. As uh, yes. for those of you who are regular listeners, uh, our great uh, uh, friend uh, Deanna sent us a, a giant bag of weirdly flavored candy, and we've been taste testing it. Uh, and so today, Esmeralda, as part of the fresh vegetable candy. Mm. And I don't know how fresh, I really don't know how fresh it is. Uh, it's like freeze-dried fresh. I guess. <laughs> and it is an assortment of fresh vegetable candy. And this, I believe, is from that same company. Uh, the yes, from Archie McPhee. Archie, I was going to say Andy McPhee again. I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> um, and this, what we're going to taste, we're gonna, it's, it's, it's uh, an assortment. So we're going to do carrots, carrot candy today. Yes. We're so there's taste- only three. Yeah. There's only three possible choices. Right. Um, corn, carrots, and peas. And we'll do... Right? Uh, peas? No. <laughs> pea? Green green bean. Oh, sorry. It looks like beans. a pea pot. It looks like a pea pot. It does. <laughs> but it's a green bean. Um, and Got he's it. he's very happy he's playing the banjo. The green... They yeah, all they're have, in a group. They all have faces. <laughs> they're like... They, they've given them human characteristics like arms and faces and stuff. Yeah, and they're, they're in a band. They're in a, they're in a trio. There's yeah. a, a... The... the, the the green bean plays a banjo. The the corn cob plays drums, and the the very cool carrot with the sunglasses is the singer. He's got the mic. Yes, yes. And the sun um, is shining on them, and the sun is very happy. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> the corn is also wearing a top hat, a la um, what's his name from Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> Didn't he wear a top hat for a while? Yeah, but you know what? You know who wears a top hat all the time, Esmeralda? And, uh, uh, Svenguli? Yes, Svenguli, but I just got, I just got, I can plug this now officially. Oh, that's right. Because a yes, week from today, ahead. on Tuesday, you know who wears a top hat at the beginning and end of her shows all the time now? Who's that? Why, that would be Suzanne Vega, who will be on the podcast on next Tuesday. Oh, man. I'm going to lose my shit, Esmeralda. You're going to have to, you might have to help me. That's very exciting, though. It's so exciting. <laughs> just confirmed, yes, Suzanne Vega on my podcast. Very nice. Uh, a week from today, it'll be the, 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 the two two episodes away. It'll be episode thirty seven of the podcast. Okay. Suzanne Vega. So anyway, um, okay. So she wears a top hat like like a corn cob. I'm going to ask her if she looks like a yeah. corn cob ever when she puts on the top hat. If her inspiration was a corn cob, it would have been hat. great if the lead singer was wearing that top hat because I would be like, it's Suzanne Vega. Be like it's Suzanne Vega because she <laughs> That's sings a it. She sings it specifically at the beginning of each show, but then at the end when she does Tom's Diner, 
when mm. she does like you know the funky da, 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 when it da, works da, da, because da. they're food yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly so anyway we're gonna taste some vegetable flavored candy specifically carrot today mm-hmm. and my dad's gonna ring the bell and stop by and say uh, and tell a joke as my dad always does he's a joke Very teller nice. oh wait a minute oh, oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, Carrie. I know. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hold on. Just wait for my... Yeah. Just wait on... Now, you know, I got... Does she ever show up when the show isn't on? She's out there all the time. I bring her her snacks and stuff. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. You know, I'm I'm so excited I landed Suzanne Vega. I want everybody to know that I will never fucking get Carrie Russell on this show ever because of this bit. Oh, my God. I would love – you have to – if anything comes up that she's doing – yeah. You have to I'll, try so I will, hard. I will try. I will try very hard. I mean, I'm obviously, I've been a, a massive fan of hers for so many years. and um, It would be amazing. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and then I'd play the bit for her, and she'd be like, yeah, click. Yeah, we have to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this connection is not working. Your internet's down, so fuck off. That's what she'd say. Anyway. Uh, all right. So, uh, all right, Esmeralda. Uh, it's one of the things that I sent you, the article I sent you, that I thought was was kind of would be a lot of fun for us to talk about would be you mm-hmm. know everybody loves the world of celebrity couples and celebrity <laughs> dating <laughs> yes and like we all like to watch you know couples have their fun and then they break up and they get together and some people get married and they never last and mm-hmm. some people get married uh, and you know they live together and one of the people shits in the bed without <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> without Johnny Depp's knowledge uh and so uh, by the way, have you been watching any of that? The 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 trial? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, me neither. Um, I I I don't know why. I should watch it just out of. I should be watching it just out of morbid curiosity. But for some reason, I don't know. Maybe I I don't know. It, I find it depressing. I can't. Yeah, it's well because it's a thing of like this is just two people's relationship. Yeah, like there's really no legal whatever it's all because it's a defamation case or whatever but it's just essentially a dysfunctional relationship on and it it just yeah i know i feel focused and it's like yeah i feel uncomfortable watching it and i and and, you know that and and deep down that exploitive nature inside my heart and soul knows i should be laughing my ass off and watching it but for some reason there's a little humanity left in me where i'm just (laughs) oh imagine that i'm having a little difficulty watching it but they did do a bit on saturday night live uh the cold open was about that uh this week yeah um and it was funny it wasn't hilarious it wasn't a greatly written sketch but it was funny because they had well first of all keenan thompson add keenan thompson to anything and it's awesome and funny that's you know that's a given and and to have Keenan Thompson play the janitor who shows up and 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 spots the dookie in the bed that's the funniest that's the <laughs> that to me is like okay if you're going to do that if you're going to do that have Keenan Thompson play the guy who finds the shit in the bed yeah because that'll be funny and then have Ego Wodum come in and react to that as well so that you know what i mean if you're going to do it <laughs> do it that way but they had like oh what's his ass uh Kyle Mooney playing Johnny Depp yeah, I did see the pictures. I saw like shots of him. And as... What the fuck? I mean, like the worst possible guy to play. And then they had no one. There was no Amber Heard in the in the bit. Like they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't oh, have okay. an Amber Heard. I, uh, so it was just weird. But it was kind of funny to have like Keenan Thompson go. No, you did not go to in the bed. It, it was funny to watch you know, Keenan Thompson <laughs> do that. 
So, uh, but anyway, so so the Amber Heard and the Johnny Depp, there's a Hollywood relationship gone bad. There is, yes. Um, so like you know, like Hollywood couples and and celebrities that have dated, there are a lot that we either didn't know about. Or, you know, maybe we're on the fringe and we forgot that they dated. Now, in looking at this piece that I sent you, Esmeralda, uh, how many of these did you not know about or kind of forgot about? I I want to say, like, at least 75% of them I did not know. I would have to agree with that. There are a few that I knew, but for the most part, I was like, really? Um, and so this is, the, what we're talking about here is celebrities who dated and you go, they dated? Huh? Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about. I thought we'd have some fun with that. Like the first one here is Helen Mirren and Liam Neeson's. Now, did you know that? No. I did. I knew that one. Which um, is pretty cool. I mean, I think she's great, but. I agree. I agree. And well, Liam Neeson. She, they're, I like they're, Liam Neeson. I do too. And this was obviously before Nastasia Richardson, clearly yeah. years before. They made this tremendous movie together that John Borman directed called Excalibur, one of the best sword and sorcery films from the 80s it's a fucking great movie have you ever seen Excalibur? no it's so good it's the king arthur <laughs> but story. now i'm like now i'm like maybe i will because helen mirren is in it yeah and, <laughs> and helen, I mirren, love helen mirren can I, let, let me explain something to you helen mirren who by the way what is she 80 now something um, like that late something 70s? around there yeah okay still jaw-droppingly hot like like oh my god and when you see helen mirren like in her 30s and her 20s jesus mm-hmm. christ i mean my. 76 by the way she's 76 okay well go back you know go back about 40 years and she well she's still amazingly beautiful and like oh no yeah drunk. she's a babe she's a total babe even at 76 like you're like god damn but i'm telling you go back and look at helen Mirren when she was like 30 oh <laughs> like fall off the furniture hot and like in excalibur so here's what the quote is and you saw the quote right esmeralda yeah yeah <laughs> After falling in love on the set of Excalibur, uh, Mirren and Neeson skipped dating and started shacking up. Um, I remember being on the set as Helen walked toward me in her uh, full Morgana Le Fay costume, and I went, oh, fuck. And then, so I'm looking at the, I'm looking just at, like, screenshots or whatever. Uh, Liam Neeson, he doesn't even look like himself. He does not. He he seems to be one of those people who had grow, grew into their features. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. If you look at Liam Neeson's when he was a young dude, he doesn't look at all. He's much more handsome now. He's a much more fully developed human now. Um, but yeah, I think they would. I, I you know I'm I'm kind of sad that they didn't stay a couple. And, but it was great. If you ever look at you, you know where you want to see the full interview for that, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. The full interview, Helen Mirren and Liam Neeson were on, uh, of course, because it's like the best talk show ever. They were on Graham Norton together. Oh. Um, and because Graham Norton fucking rules and his show is great. But they, they were on together and they're buddies. They're still buddies. And, you know, like uh, she's married to Taylor Negron, who is uh, Taylor Negron. Oh, my God. Taylor Negron is a, is a stand-up comedian who died years ago. Taylor mm. Hackford. He directed Officer and a Gentleman. He directed Ray. Um, and they're married. And they've been married for years. And they're a happy couple. And Liam Neeson obviously was married and he's gone on. But they still are buddies, Liam Neeson and Helen Mirren. And that whole story about her seeing her in the costume and going, oh, fuck that. He told that whole story <laughs> uh, sitting next to her uh, on, on uh, Graham Norton. So, but yeah, yes. I did know about that one. But that's a pretty cool couple, though, I think. Helen Mirren and Liam Neeson. 
I no, I like it. I like both of them. They seem mm-hmm. like lovely people. Yeah, and they seem like they were probably really great together. Yeah, yeah. well, they they, were, they they admitted that they weren't really together. They were kind of just banging, is what was what they both admitted to. <laughs> they were like, we were young, we were on the set of this movie, and we just you know we did a little. And banging. that's probably why they're still friends. That's exactly right. Because it wasn't like emotional, <laughs> yeah. emotional. Yep. So <laughs> they were both they were both young and hot, and they were on the set of a movie where. They got to wear armor and beat the shit out of people. And they were like, yep, okay. <laughs> May as well have a little sex. So Helen Mirren and Liam Neeson. So I knew that one. All right, get, throw, throw another one uh, at us. Wait, these celebrities dated? What, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to go with, because I did not know this at all, uh, Jerry Hall and Rupert Murdoch. See, that seems insane to me. And that recent... It's not like, oh, years ago. No, because she was always with uh, Mick Jagger, right? Mick Jagger, yeah. Yeah. They had kids and they eventually, and stuff, too. Yeah. Well, what's, what does it say here uh, about the Jerry Hall Rupert Murdoch? So the 84-year-old media mogul fell head over heels for Jagger's ex, 25 years his junior. Murdoch tweeted, feel like the luckiest and happiest man in world after their 2016 marriage, and he hasn't tweeted since. <laughs> um, I'm amazed he knows how to tweet. But... <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, you know, for a little while, I worked for the Rupert Murdoch Corporation. For Fox? Uh, no, he bought, I used to work for this, <laughs> I used to work for the, well, he owned a bunch of shit and I'm sure that he didn't even know he owned what I, the company I worked for. He's still alive, right? I think so. Yeah. He just seems old as yeah. sin. <laughs> yeah. He might still be. I think he's still alive. No, yeah. He's still around. Yeah. He's Fuck 91. Him. Anyway. Um. No, wait a minute. They're still married. Yeah. I guess they're still married. I didn't know that. Holy hell. I thought they got divorced by now, but Terrifying. wow. All right. <laughs> so, uh, but I used to work at this place called Cinebooks in okay. Evanston, and it was a, uh, a publishing house that published uh, film annuals that were, that would come out every year. And it was every movie that came out that specific year reviewed. Mm-hmm. So it would have all, so it was basically like, bef- you know, like IMDB with reviews. Yeah. So, and that's what it was before, you know, long before the internet, I worked there and like, I, I wrote for them starting in 88 and I worked for them in 89 and 90. And okay. then he, he sold the company and we, you know, I got, I got fired about eight months after I was hired full time. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, uh, by, by Rupert Murdoch. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But the uh, Cinebooks, there was a, that was a fun, that was a fun place to work. That was a fun place to work. Uh, and then Rupert Murdoch came in, screwed everything up. Doesn't he always? Yeah. Bastard. This is him right now. Uh, this is him right now getting out of bed with Jerry Hall. I think I broke my ass. Yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> he is old. Yeah, he is. I think he was. I think he was old when he was twenty. He seems like one of those guys that was old when he was twenty. You know what I mean? I mean, at least for my life, He's I don't think I've old? ever seen him old. Yeah, I've never seen him young. <laughs> That's true. He's always right. been old. He's always been old bastard all right how about this lance armstrong and ashley olsen i don't yeah no i did I not never, know about I, that one no, I, the only lance armstrong that i knew was the uh, what's her face i i what I, all crow. i want to do is have some fun yes uh, what, cheryl what's crow cheryl crow yes sorry yes. god i blanked on her name <laughs> and i knew about that i remember that that was a big one and then she broke up with him because he's a goddamn cheat 
and uh oh right know, um, oh and they even say it in the little <laughs> in the little oh they call him a cheat look at that i they didn't even call realize him a bicycle cheat <laughs> that's exactly what he is <laughs> Um, remember like his fall from grace, man? Cause he was like, everybody had the yellow rubber race wristbands, right? You know, live strong. Um, everybody had those. I mean, did he even, did it even go that bad for him? Uh, he lost a lot. I can tell you this. He lost a lot of sponsors and money and stuff. Um, and respect. Yeah, I'm sure he's not that. Oh no, he's fine. Trust <laughs> he's me. He's fine. He's fine. I know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like the respect that a lot of people had for him was gone after what happened happened. Yeah, you know, why don't you why don't you juice a little bit more, you know? And even because everybody was like, he was such a inspiration to so many people, especially people especially people who were battling cancer, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then to hear that because the story was so, you know, inspiring and wonderful that the guy you know kicked cancer's ass, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, you did what? You steroided what? You asshole! You know what I mean. <laughs> And then there's actually, there's a Showtime documentary. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, Cheryl, yeah, with Cheryl Crow, and then she yeah. talks yeah. in more detail. About I've been watching voice. Showtime lately. I'm going to try to get as much of it as in, in as I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've got it temporarily for the Vanessa Bear, Molly Shannon show. Um, but Lance Armstrong and Ashley Olsen, this seems insane to me. It says the bicycle cheat <laughs> was seen swapping spit with then 21-year-old Ashley in a New York bar. Friends warned that dating someone 15 years younger would ruin his image. Um, a task Armstrong proved capable of doing without Olsen's help. Right? Yeah. And really the other way around. Ashley, run away from him. Yeah. Although I don't know she's if it's the other twin or if it's her, she married this like she married an older man again. <laughs> One of them did. I forget what yeah. his name is. I uh yeah. So I, um, I but just... they look so weird together. I know because I've... it's like he's very, she's very. They're both very tiny. Um, and then you know they date even taller people. Yeah. Well, they're always um, going to be. Aren't, aren't they always going to be the Olsen twins, even when they're sixty? Aren't they always going to be like? Oh yeah, for sure. Like the the way we picture the Olsen twins first as toddlers and then as teenagers who have billions of dollars in design fashion and wear weird clothes. I mean, we saw them as straight up babies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Ashley Olsen. By the way, uh, you know what? I just found out there was a celebrity couple that I didn't know was a celebrity couple. Who's that? I, so I saw this movie over the weekend at the Chicago Critics Film Festival called Benediction. Uh-huh. And it's this uh, really lovely British film from director Terrence Davies, who just turned 78. Uh, still making movies, and he's an extraordinary filmmaker. He really is. And this is a really lovely movie, and I think it's going to be his last movie. It feels like it. You know how when you watch an artistic statement and you go, I think that's the last thing this person's going to do? Uh-huh. That's what this movie felt like. It felt like this mm. This this is a really appropriate <laughs> way to end if this is going to be the end of his career. This is a beautiful final statement. You know what I mean? And the guy's 78. He's been making movies forever. Anyway, the guy that's in the movie is named... He's on a show called... Uh, Oh shit! I, don't, I can't even remember the name of it now. He's on a uh, he's on a uh, on a show on uh, Apple Plus with uh, Gary Oldman uh, called uh, Oh <laughs> Soft Rain or hard, something. But his name is bl- br- uh, shit. Now I got to look it up. Uh, but anyway, this guy, uh, this actor who I'm going to look up, mm-hmm. I'm now very jealous of. Okay, and I will tell you why in a moment. When I when I uh, um, his name is. Uh, Jack Loudon. 
L-O-W-D-E-N, Jack Loudon. Mm-hmm. And the show that he's on with Gary uh, Oldman is Slow Horses. And okay. it's on, it's on H, it's not on HBO, I'm sorry, it's on Apple Plus right now. It's supposed to be a really good show. It just started. He and Gary Oldman are the two leads on Slow Horses. And he is the lead in this film, Benediction. And mm-hmm. I really like the movie and I didn't really know anything about him, except that he, he needs, if you, if you ever see this guy, if you're looking him up, he mm-hmm. should immediately give back the DNA that he stole from both Simon Pegg and Ewan McGregor. Because that's, <laughs> that, that's who he is. Like, I was like, you better give your DNA, those, the DNA back to Simon Pegg and Ewan McGregor right now. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> uh, especially, though, when he talks and when, you know, like, you see him actually in this movie. Because it, it, uh, it's amazing. Especially, really, Simon Pegg. A lot of Simon Pegg. Mm. Um, but anyway, do you, are you looking him up now? Yes. You see who he's dating? I do see. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> he's dating Saoirse. And, I, and obviously she's way too young for me. And it would be even creepy if I even. But I love her. And so I'm jealous of him. So. They seem very happy together. Fuck that. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I'm happy for her. And, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, but. But like, there's that. Like, the, my fir- my first thought was, "You dick," you know. But of course, you know, like that's per- it's perfect. They're perfect. They look great together. They're right around the same age. I think he's only a couple mm-hmm. years old, a couple of years older than her, you know, as opposed to like me being thirty years older than she is. So that you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. So anyway, the Jack Loud, good actor, man. Really, really good actor, and uh, and good for him. He's got he's, he he was in uh, Mary Queen of Scots with her. That's how they met. Oh, okay. So they, oh. they, that's how they met. So good Lovely. for good for him, the bastard. Okay, uh, what do you what do you want to go to next? So the celebrities, what they dated? Okay, I I really cannot. I I mean, I guess I get it, but I don't get it. Huh? Uh, Marilyn Monroe and Jerry Lewis. Okay, um, I have to I, I I have to explain something to you, uh, Esmeralda, and I think maybe to a lot of people, if you were to. And I'm not kidding about this. If you were to look at a list of a women of the women that Jerry Lewis has been with, yeah, you would be you would be floored. I'm I mean, not kidding. He's not a he wasn't a bad looking dude at all. Yeah, he was. He had his. He was handsome <laughs> in moments. He. But you know what it is? It's the funny. I guess that's what it is, man. Because he. I, I'm not kidding, Esmeralda. Humor, the women, humor the, is a big attractiveness. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe is just one of many, many hot lit babes that Jerry Lewis <laughs> uh, has been with. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like if you go back and you you look at like he slept with almost all of his leading ladies. Like all yeah. the like he slept. And I mean, he was married like, you know, he, he was married a bunch of times and like, you know, for long periods of time. He did not. I mean, you know, like he was not like the the the, the nicest guy in the world. Right. Um, but yeah, no, Marilyn Monroe and Jerry Lewis. I, I knew about that because I, I kind of have studied everything that Jerry Lewis has ever done, including yeah. including his love life. So. I just I was like, what? OK. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Humor. He's he's funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. No, I mean, that's the thing. I guess humor goes a long way. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it does. Um, but no, and again, to st- I will say this. I think there was a period of time when Jerry Lewis was, you know, I mean, I think Jerry Lewis was a handsome guy and clearly extraordinarily talented. And I think that that goes a long way too. Not just funny, but like a brilliant 
artist and a great filmmaker and a great humanitarian. Um, so yeah, I can see why he got laid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's always just surprising because Marilyn Monroe is like the pinnacle yeah. of like hot yeah. babe. I know. At, and at Jerry least Lewis, at that point in time. Listen, Jerry Lewis. Oh my God. Stephanie Powers, Stella Stevens. Uh, I could just go on. I could go on and on. Um, basically if you, if she, if she played opposite Jerry Lewis, if, mm-hmm. if an actress played opposite Jerry Lewis in a movie, he had sex with her. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Oh, God, Jerry Lewis. All right. All right, now here's one. And then you know where I'm going on the next one here. Yeah, yeah. The My yeah, Pillow yeah. Guy and Jane Krakowski. Okay, um, so I don't... Well... <laughs> I'm sorry. In, so in the little thing, they do say that she denies it completely. Of course she And does. she's, she's going to have lawyers go after him. I kind of no, believe it, her because that dude, be- yeah. s- that I don't understand that man, <laughs> like <It's> ever a- <laughs> at any point in time. I think she's better than that. So I would Oh, please, yeah. man. My pillow. She would sooner date me than the fucking my pillow guy. <laughs> <clears throat> my pillow boss, Mike Lindell, had a secret nine month smooch fest with 30 rock star. Uh, with the 30 Rocks are, according to the Daily Mail and unnamed friends, she denies the romance. I have never met that person, and my lawyers are going after him. Of course that's true. Of course. Yeah, those are also terrible friends. Because everything that he <laughs> says, everything that Mike Lindell says is, is insane and bullshit. Yeah. Everything. Ooh, I've got the proof. Have you, have you seen him? Have you seen him like talking? I'm gonna still, and he's still like gonna go to court and prove that all the all the voting machines were rigged for the election. Yeah, he still goes. I and it's like you know what? Go ahead, go ahead. Have you ever seen? Uh, have you ever seen Seth Meyers do his imitation of, of Lindell? Um, I think I have. Oh, it's so fantastic! It's so I'm just fantastic. mad that they still have commercials for all those stupid things. Well, he he buys it. And what's really funny is like, he, you know, he's Captain God. You know what I mean? Like he's he's like mm-hmm. a real, you know, and he's like now he does these. He's like slashing the prices of his overpriced pillows and shit. Because, Which he, like, did, he got in trouble because they weren't real discounts or whatever. Yeah. I mean, everything the guy does is a scam. The guy's like, the, like the that guy's is a, literally the price of your pillows. Why are you pretending that it's a disc? Like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Well, he's doing that because he wants, you know, his, his business has taken a huge hit in the past couple of years because, you know, right. he's, a, he's a lunatic and a Trumpite. And so, but anyway, he, but like now he does these, you know, little infomercials where he's like sitting at his desk mm-hmm. and like there's a giant picture of like Jesus behind him with a lion. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> like Jesus with a superimposed lion behind sure. him. And, uh, uh-huh. and And Jesus has the crown of thorns on and I'm like, Wait, wait a minute. So, so wait. Jesus had time to like hang out with lions while he was being crucified. Crucified? What? <laughs> what is happening he, here? You know, you just have to be really good I, about keeping that schedule. <laughs> uh, and he's like, the cancel culture has tried to stop me, and I am giving you a discount on my pillow now. Oh, and there's Lord. Jesus, yeah, you know, behind him. Uh, the cancel culture is trying to stop me, and Jane Krakowski, my wife, and I will. T- <laughs> We'll try to help you now sleep good, because Jane Krakowski sleeps in my bed with me on our my pillow sheets, and here's <laughs> oh my, my friend Jesus to help me out. My friend Jesus. My my friend Jesus, who by the way voted fifteen times illegally in the election. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, he did not date Jane Krakowski. Jesus. Okay, I love the next one, Esmeralda. Don't you love well, that the one? Next makes one? complete sense. Yeah, tell complete everybody what sense. it is. Uh, Pink and Joey Fatone. Yay! <laughs> of of Insync, if you don't know, because yeah. <laughs> you might not. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's very sweet, and he said it was. Um, well, wait a minute. Oh, it doesn't say when. Because I just assume it's like when in the heyday. So like they're just too young, like super famous people. Yeah. And no, no, uh, I, I, it was. I, I think it was when they were young. I'm sure it was before she met tattoo neck bicycle right. guy uh, or motorcycle. Then like guy. they're both their heydays and like, yeah. But it's very sweet. Um, it is. So she says that he <laughs> took me to Friendly's on a date and he bought me an ice cream. I love that. <laughs> Um, and actually, fun fact, I used to uh, date a guy who his brother went to high school with her. With Pink? They're all from, yeah, they're all from the same town, Doylestown, oh, Pennsylvania. No kidding. <laughs> I love Pink. She's one of my favorites. I love her. I yeah, love, she's lovely. I love everything about her. I just think she's cool as hell. She's talented. Uh, she's fierce. She's brilliant and smart. Great businesswoman, and she kicks ass. She she's great live. I actually went to see Pink live. I know that sounds weird for like a fifty six year old straight guy to say. No, um, but I happen to be like a. I'm like the president of Pink's fan club. Was that like when she was doing the high? Yes, high wire stuff. <laughs> yes, <or what? laughs> yes, and I was way out of place in that crowd. Let me just say, <laughs> I was like, I mean, because people were like, I fe- you know what I felt like? I felt like uh, like. Um, you know, like I was, I was one of those guys that there were, you know, uh, uh, what's the the word I'm looking for uh, when you want somebody to stay away from you? Uh, you file a uh, uh, a restraining order. Yes, I felt like I, <laughs> I was in a room. I was in a room full of thousands of people who would file restraining orders against me. You know what I mean? Damn. Like I was like, no, no, no. I was like way too old. I was like the old I creepy know, guy. But like, wow. You know what I mean? Like I was like the old creepy guy. I was like, what is this old creepy guy doing here? ruining my life <laughs> where's his daughter right yeah there's a he's you know because i went alone on top of it so like because i could get a good seat that way you know you go alone right. you get a good seat but you know like i'm here i am i'm like a, and at that time i was probably in my 40s late 40s mm-hmm. and so i go and and you know i'm like double the age of the average person in the room and i'm by myself <laughs> you know and people are like who's the creepy guy who's just sitting over here you know what i mean were you singing along? Yeah, no, but I was having fun. Oh, come on. I had fun. Uh, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive... I love Pink. And I love the fact that she and Joey Fatone dated for a little bit. That's sweet. It's Because I like Joey Fatone. I like him, too. Do you ever watch that show? Have you ever seen it? The game show? Where he goes to people's houses. No, he goes oh, to people's yeah. houses and oh. they like show their family recipes. <laughs> like, yes, I have seen that. They're but so you... wholesome. Like, <laughs> well, have you seen his game show on the Game Show Network? I have not. It's called Common Knowledge. Oh. I'm Joey Fatone, and this is it's great. And he's a great game show host. He's a great game show host. He used to be mean and call him Joey Fat One. I know everybody <laughs> did. I know that, and he was also fantastic. I was rooting for him. Uh. He was on Celebrity Big Brother. And I was rooting oh, for was him. Oh, was he? On, yeah, and I was totally rooting for him. Did he get kicked out fairly he, quickly? Or? No, no, he lasted a while. He lasted a while. He um, seems like a nice, like, people yeah. would like him. I mean, obviously, the guy that I rooted most for any season of Celebrity Big Brother was Tom Green. I was rooting for his ass. Oh, right. 
And when he got kicked out, I was like, damn it, I don't even want to watch this anymore. So, but yeah, I like that pink. And now, how about this one? This is going to be like a a fantasy for some people. This one's scandalous. To the ooh, and you did the English accent too. Scandalous, yes, thank you. <laughs> you sounded like you sounded like ooh. scary. You sounded like scary there for a second. Um, two of the Spice Girls, Jerry Hollowell and Mel B, hooked up. Oh, yeah. All right, let me think on that one for a little while. I'll be back in about a half an hour. Oh God, <laughs> I'm also. I'm just curious. Like, when did it happen? Me too. <laughs> me too. It says Mel B, who is by my, my favorite, by the way, my favorite Spice Girl. I'm a scary Spice mm, Guy. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? Uh, it'd have to be Ginger. Oh, really? Okay. I like Ginger Spice. She's okay. always fun. Okay. Um, that's, by the way, Emma Stone's favorite is, uh, is Ginger Spice. Hmm. Well, because she's a ginger. I believe that's probably why. Right. She probably, yeah, she feels <laughs> yeah, a kinship. Exactly. Um, uh, so Mel B said that we were best friends and it just happened, adding that we just giggled at it, at what it was. Also, she commented that Jerry has, quote unquote, great boobs. Oh, see, now in <laughs> a uh, thing on Complex, uh-huh. Jerry Halwell says that um, it's not true. Oh, oh, all right. She released a statement to USA Today. Saying it's not true. Um, Yeah, simply not true and has been very hurtful to her family. Get out of here. Really? Because you kind of messed around a little bit with the scary spice? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Well, I guess that is a little weird. Mommy, did you make out with Mel B? <laughs> with Auntie Mel. With Auntie <laughs> <laughs> Like, if they're still hanging out, like, yeah. I mean, that's how usually your kids see your Mommy, friends. Mommy, did, so. <laughs> did you make out with the girl that helped baptize me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I didn't think about it that way. That's pretty funny. Okay. Auntie Mel. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're that close anymore, but still, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, God. All right. Well, now that we've ruined all kinds of uh, fantasies for people. <laughs> um, Matt Damon, Winona Ryder, used to date two decades ago. I knew that one. Yeah, Did you know that th- makes sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I don't know it, but I, that makes sense. Yeah. They dated for a while ago. And I was, and, and in that relationship, um, obviously, the, I, I would be, like, rooting for Winona. <laughs> right. I like that it says it ended for pedestrian reasons. So like just mean? really boring. Yeah. Yeah. Had nothing gonna, to do with I'm going to assume that um Matt Damon is boring. <laughs> so he's the Matt I Damon. I just don't like him. Well, have you seen you've seen Team, Team America, right? Um yes. <laughs> that must be your dream portrayal of Matt Damon is the Matt Damon <laughs> portrayal in Team America. Uh Matt Damon. With it, with it. <laughs> I just, I don't like him. I understand. I totally understand. That, that, but I mean, I remember Matt, because Matt Damon's like, when he saw Team America, and I was like, when I saw Team America, even I was like, why are they picking on Matt Damon like that? What? what? And Trey Parker was like, I just, you know, I just wanted to have some fun at Matt Damon's expense. <laughs> because when Team America was made, Matt Damon was mm-hmm. everywhere. You know what I mean? Like at that point, it would. They had just. He and Affleck had just won the Oscar, and they were taking. They were saying yes to every movie that came across their desk. 
Yeah. And at that time, they were banging everybody who was moving. You know what I mean? Like, they were dating. Right, you know, like, right, right. And they were everywhere. They were dating all the hot celebrities. And so Trey Parker was kind of sick of that shit. And so when he did Team America, he went after Matt Damon. Because <laughs> if you look at, if you watch Team America, which, by the way, is a work of genius. But if, if you watch Team America, just like, it just seems such like unprovoked nastiness the way they, the way they went after him. But it's hilarious. <laughs> so, I don't know. He's very much um, along the lines of, I mean, because that's his friend, uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, the Affleck, yeah. Like, they I, both, I both, yeah, I both find them very boring and like, ugh. Yeah. Did you, did you, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? Um, I have, have you, yeah. Yeah. So, it's not fine. a fan? <laughs> it was it's, fine. It's fine. I'm not like, oh my God, it's so inspirational. Yeah. It's, you know what, I liked it the first time I saw it. It's, it's a film that definitely does not hold up very mm-hmm. well. Like, upon, like, you know, watching it sort of, I guess I watched it a few years ago and I was like, you know what, fuck this movie. I was <laughs> watching it <laughs> and, and, uh, and I didn't like it nearly as much. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is good and good for them. They wrote it and then there was all these rumors you know how like it was too good to be true that these two young you know actors wrote this first script and it won the oscar for you know for best screenplay mm-hmm. and all that stuff and yeah. then the rumor was that john sales wrote it because he was working for miramax at the time mm. and he i mean i don't doubt that they wrote it i'm not but yeah I'm, it's fine yeah well it was <laughs> but i'm it not was like, like oh my god this movie's amazing every, but every actor who couldn't get a part was like they didn't write that fucking movie you know what i mean because they were all mad <laughs> Like I like like I was in theater at that time. I was doing theater at that time, and you have no idea mm-hmm. how many you know like sort of hotshot Chicago storefront actors, whatever that means, would be like <laughs> yeah. fuck those two guys. You know what I mean? Like they were all because <laughs> it's also like well then like you what I think is when you know people say things like it's like okay well what have you written? No, exactly. Have you written it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I feel like unless you've been writing stuff, yeah. That is good. Yeah. And it's not good. Then you have no play. There's yeah. no, no, yeah. be quiet. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I, but when I heard that the rumor that was that John Sales, you know, did a rewrite or a polish or wrote it himself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm really a big fan of John Sales. I think he's an amazing writer. And, you know, upon rewatching the movie after I heard that rumor, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, there's a lot of kind of John Sales ish stuff in it. I mean, but then I don't again, doubt. But then that again, somebody looked into it. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I always now, you know, you, you know, they were like buds with uh, they were buds with Weinstein, man. And uh, and that rubs me the fucking wrong way. Oh, yeah. Just, the fact that he's just kind of like, mm, whatever. It's yeah. like, OK. Yeah. Ugh. How about now? I knew this one, too. Uh, Nicole Kidman dated Lenny Kravitz. Everybody knows that. Is that? Uh, I don't know if I did. Oh, really? Oh, I thought that was common knowledge. Yeah, no, I don't know. I know oh. I didn't know that. It was like I believe like, it was good right for after. Her. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, good for her. Lenny Kravitz, like even today, I'm like, oh, oh my god, he's a beautiful goddamn man. Let me just tell you, uh, and 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 what is it? It's it's just shouldn't it be illegal for him and Lisa Bonet to have been together? And then Jesus. like, and their 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 daughter is Jesus Christ, is she stunning? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, although I did see that she's gotten she's gotten some work done. Oh, has she? Yeah. I don't know. All so it I makes me feel better about myself. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> all I know is that I'm a, I'm a big fan of hers. I'm a huge fan of Zoe, and I love her. No, in the she's Bat- great. And I love her in the Batman. I think she's gorgeous. And uh, but yeah, it's, it, Lenny Kravitz, that son of a bitch has never aged. What the hell is happening? 
Yeah, he's kind of stayed yeah. the same since... Like um, 80s. Like 80s Lenny really? Kravitz. 80s? No, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You go back and you look at some of the shit like, are you going to go my way? That's like late 80s? No, that's 90s. No, I think that's late 80s. No, it's 90s. All right, what about Let Love <laughs> Rule? How about Let Love Rule? We got Oh, yeah, no, that's love. 80s. Okay, he looks like that still. I'm telling you. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. goddamn uh, ridiculous. Are You Gonna Go My Way was 93. Okay, well then, Let Love Rule, I'm saying 89. And I think he looks exactly the same as he did in that video, as he does now. I don't know what he's, I don't know, he sold his soul to Satan. <laughs> Or he sold his soul to Mike Lindell. I don't know what happened. Oh, God. (laughs) You would think that if he had any hand in doing stuff, you think he would throw a little hand to himself? Yeah. (laughs) Mike Lindell would be like, you're giving everyone else the good looks, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I will give you good looks and a good night's sleep. Now, excuse me. My wife, Jane Krakowski, and I have to make out in front of Jesus. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right, See, let's do- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he looks. It's '90s. Like I say '90s uh, and on. Yeah. He's, well, '89. He looks the, a little baby face. The man, oh, whatever. The man's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, let's do one more here and save some others. Okay. Okay. Richard Pryor, Marlon Brando were in a sexual relationship once. I believe it. It's true. That's true. I believe it. Because Richard- Brando, like, there's other ones too. Oh yeah, Brando did everybody and everything. Brando, Brando screwed. If it had a heartbeat, Brando was like, "Let's go." Yeah, I think I was. I was watching the. It was a documentary of. Oh God, what's her name? She's in One Day at a Time, the new one. Mackenzie. Oh, Rita uh, Moreno. What's her name? Yes. Yeah. Because she was in a relationship with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which was yeah, really yeah. terrible. Apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah. great. <laughs> you know, he no, he was a he did a lot well prior i love this quote though i gotta want to read this quote because we're gonna taste some bad candy and my dad's got a joke but how about this quote Esmeralda? is this not hilarious yeah (laughs) as richard Pryor's widow jennifer tweeted it was the 70s uh enough cocaine and good music one could fuck a radiator and send it flowers in the morning (laughs) i mean that's the joys of the 70s right (laughs) yeah and prior prior you know like prior you know, late in his life, admitted to like all kinds of stuff. Because I mean, he prior was you know, I mean, total addict uh, 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 of every kind of substance that you could possibly imagine. Prior did it, yeah. Uh, but it's every... also like, well, I could. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I'm famous. I'm That's famous. why I'm famous. I'm br- and again, <laughs> funny man. Funny goes a long way. Yeah, there you go. And you know, and considering that he literally, in my opinion, is the funniest man that ever lived. There you uh, go. See, and but, but it's funny that those 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 two guys, those are my two favorite funny people ever in the world. Are Jerry Lewis <laughs> and Richard Pryor. Just getting tail left and Just right. Getting, yeah. <laughs> That's why I like them because all the t- quality tail they got. <laughs> Don't forget about me and the quality tail that I get, Miss <laughs> Jane Krakowski, my wife, who I make out in oh, front of Lord. Jesus. Now here's a my pillow. For the cheap price of $5,995, you cheated and voted five times. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Vegetable candy, Esmeralda. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Andy... No, what's it? Andy <laughs> Frain? Andy Frain. No, Andy Frain were the ushers from the... Uh, McPhee. Archie McPhee. Archie McPhee. Yes. Archie McPhee, the vegetable candy, and we are going to taste the carrot. Yes. Okay. Are we ready? Which I'm gonna. I mean, carrots 
uh, sweet on its own. Sure. When you, well, they make a carrot cake. It, so. That's a dessert, a right. carrot cake. Right, so yeah. I'm like, this, this, this will be might good. Might be okay. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. all right, here we go. Carrot, candy. All right. Now, it's a hard candy, and it looks like something mm-hmm. that you would find on your grandmother's coffee table in the uh, glass bowl. Interesting. Yeah. It tastes like carrot, like it, um, like real carrot. It tastes like, man, this tastes like a carrot. Like it's very, it tastes like a carrot. Like it's not like, oh yeah, this is, tastes like a candy no. carrot. Or, no, no, it's like carrot. This tastes like, this is, okay. Of yeah, all I don't mind stuff, it at all. No, me neither. It's good. Of all the stuff that we tasted that is supposed to simulate other things, mm-hmm. this, this the, tastes like the seriously. most accurate. No question about it. Mm-hmm. This is a goddamn carrot. And you know, funny enough, who will be coming on Friday to the Rialto Square Theater? <laughs> carrot Top. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> it's coming to the Rialto Square Theater in Joliet. I, you can't I was looking me... up a thing and I saw Carrot Top was coming. I was like, what in the hell? You can't, He's still... you can't do that when I have a piece of hard candy. I'm going to choke to death. <laughs> oh. I'm just dropping information, so if you Carrot want to go Top see Carrot Top is him, coming to the Rialto Square Theater. Yeah. Well, are your parents going to go? On Friday. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot Top. Oh, wait a minute. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Tickets are quite affordable. 40 to $69. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's because we had to discount them because Jesus told me <laughs> I must discount so I can look into the fraud. <laughs> All right. Uh, I vote a big yes on the candy, yeah. on, the, on the carrot candy. It's just delicious. I'm going to eat is, this one. No kidding. All right. I put it aside. I'll suck on it later. Oh, that's going to out okay. of context. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can take it as a, as a tiny little snack at the movies. I like it. Carrot candy. All right. All right. Hey, uh, oh, somebody's at my door. Do you think you're ready for a joke, Esmeralda? Um, I think so, yes. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Wait, I love the show. No, you got to move out of the way. My dad. Okay. She heard the door opening. She's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My dad walked up, rang the bell, and Carrie Russell busted in front of him. Okay. (laughs) My dad's here. Uh, So let's let's try this. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go. With your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. My dad, uh, telling jokes his whole life, uh, loves to tell jokes. Esmeralda, you've witnessed him do the whole wallet this is my oh, wallet yeah. all that stuff you've seen the whole the whole routine yes um and if you want to see it live well my dad bags groceries at jewel at irving and narragansett <laughs> if you want to see it and he's been doing it for years and are you ready for a joke absolutely here we go all right dad what do you got how does a cheeseburger introduce his girlfriend meet patty <laughs> i like it Oh, Very man. wholesome. That's a great joke right there. Meet Patty. All right. See you, Dad. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Carrie. I love Nick's oh, show. Right. Okay. 
right. Wow. Meet Patty. It was very wholesome. It's a great one. That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. <laughs> I don't know why I love that one so much. That one, like, really, out as a cheeseburger, introduces girlfriend. Meet Patty. <laughs> why do I find that <laughs> one so funny? I don't know. Maybe because it's, like, staring. <laughs> it's right there. It's, it's so right good. there. It's staring you in the face, and uh, you would never have that... thought to say that, right? I, I believe in 35 uh, podcast episodes, that might be my favorite joke that my dad has told so far. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I think it's because, like, I, you know, I, I so freely drop F-bombs now that when my dad mm-hmm. tells, like, a nice, like, wholesome family joke, maybe, you know, I just feel better about my life. <laughs> right. It's a little, you're like, well, this is one nice, wholesome thing yeah. that's happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sprinkled amongst all the all F the, words. All and... the other nonsense. <laughs> all right. Well, Esmeralda, uh, you rule as always. And uh, oh, I'm glad you. you're getting over the uh, the Covey and you'll be back on yeah. your feet in no time and out there doing your thing. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the uh, themes and the music and all the cool, crazy production on the show. Thank you, Skaggs. My thanks to Monica Ang. What a lovely uh, time catching up with Monica. Again, she's going to be a semi-regular on the show. Uh, she and our, our old friend, as you know, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Kaufman, they write for uh, Axios.com, Chicago. And uh, it was fun catching up with her, so my thanks to her. And coming up on uh, Friday's show, Esmeralda, buckle, buckle in. Mm-hmm. Because my future ex-wife... Oh, boy. Dana DiLorenzo <laughs> is going to join us uh, to talk about the new Evil Dead video game, which just was released. I saw that. Evil That's Dead, so the game, fun. which she is a she Kelly is a part of. She uh, Dana does all the voice work on it and has is a big part of it. And she's going to give us some exclusive behind the scenes stuff about Evil Dead, the game. Um, Very cool. So she'll be joining us on Friday. And my thanks to you for listening. And please be a part of the podcast. Leave your voicemail messages at 773-417-6948. And emails anytime, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Check out radiomisfits.com for a great array and amazing variation of great podcasts. And uh, when you check us out, we're available at radiomisfits.com and on any platform. Take the time. Rate and review us. Rate and review us. Give us your feedback. Uh, uh, at all times. Esmeralda, you're the best, and uh, I will talk to you on uh, Friday, and you'll be COVID-free yes. by then. Hopefully. Yes. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Otherwise. I don't know how this works. I think I broke my ass. Oh, wait. I forgot about this. <laughs> I'll give you asthma. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I'll give you asthma. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, Esmeralda, thanks. Thanks, Bye. everybody, for uh, for subscribing, listening, and the Nick D Podcast will be back uh, soon, and uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>